Do not adjust your radio dial. You are tuned in to the Mark Order Podcast. Join the Mark Order. It is time to Mark Order Podcast. Part of the Wizards Network. Yeah, Harding here. And we want to find fun here. Yay! Yay! What's going on, Ant? Never much, Ryan, but you know what that means when Live-Live-Live-Live-Live-Live-Live-Live-Live-Live-Live-Live-Live-Live-Live-Live-Live-Live-Live-Live-Live-Live-Live-Live-Live-Live-Live-Live-Live-Live-Live-Live-Live-
And Mrs. Money booked a, a, a nice hotel. It was a little too modern for us. But it was one of those things, Ryan, where they tried to make it modern and chic, but it was like modern and chic from like the late, like the mid to late 80s. So like. That's no longer modern and chic, though. Well, it's like putting lipstick on a pig, you know, like they put like. Okay, so here's here's we walked in to the hotel and in the lobby. It's all digital screens with NFTs on them that you could buy. Okay. So they've got these NFTs, these digital frames. We go up to our room. We go in the room and um, it's just mirror, like it's giant mirror cube. And then we couldn't find the lights. And it was because it had like a push button lights for everything on one little thing but it's not touch screen ryan it's literally tactile push buttons so it like wasn't updated and then the giant cube wall of mirrors was the bathroom it feels to me the way you're describing it that they actually didn't know what they wanted to be they wanted it to be something modern and chic and cool but to me it like and it was nice it was it was out of sort of it was out of midtown it was in a nice area where like there was a uh, like chelsea market was there so there was a bunch of stuff to see and then there were a bunch of restaurants and and places like that so like it was it was nice um we just were like we're a little too old for this hotel you know what I mean? It's like it loses. I like it. the push buttons, the design is all 80s, which means it would almost be retro. But then the NFTs is not even chic. It's like tool bag. It's just modern. So, like, but that's what I was saying to Mrs. Money. Like, had they just replaced all those push button like controls and stuff with a touch screen? Like that pulls you into modern times. You know what I mean? They also had this little desk that had like uh, like all the plugins for like what used to be your laptop, like, oh, you plug in your screen here, you plug in your, uh, you know, out audio output here. And like, it can go here and there. It was just like, okay. But like, that's old now. Everything's Bluetooth. You know what I mean? You can just cast the stuff now. Like you don't need that. Just get rid of it. Just get rid of it. But here's the worst part, Ryan. When we were leaving the city on Sunday, we checked out of the hotel and we wanted to go grab something to eat. So we gave them our bags. They gave us a, a ticket, right? So they had my backpack, Gina's backpack, or sorry, Mrs. Money, not using government names, Mrs. Money's backpack. And then they had, um, they had like a brown bag we had with some leftovers from the night before. And then I had my, my CPAP, my sleep machine. And they were like, is anything fragile or need to, and we were like, no, I just said, you know, this isn't a laptop. It's a CPAP. So it's not like super fragile, but you know, just don't, don't like throw it around. We were gone an hour. We get back Ryan and the guy comes out with three bags, book bag, mine book bag, Mrs. Money's and the brown bag of leftover food. No CPAP. 
So he goes, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I brought these, I got to go back for the, the other bag. He's like, and it, it looked like the, the, uh, like a laptop bag. Right. I was like, yes. He's like, okay, cool. I'll be right back. Like five minutes later, he comes back with nothing and he's still looking around and he's like, yeah, I, th- I just, I'm not sure if I saw it. Like, can you come back with me to see? I think I found it, but I don't know. And I was like, sure. And I go back and it is what appears to be my CPAP bag. But when I open it to check and thank God I did, it was somebody else's fucking machine. So now, Ryan, they don't have my goddamn bag. And it's a major problem. And in my brain, it's a major problem in multiple ways because it tracks my personal health information. So now I don't know who might have that. Um, they had it for an hour. Like we didn't have to leave it with them, but they, they held it. And um, there's also potential that if I don't sleep with it, I could die. Um, so um, the guy goes, we're going to check security tapes, blah, blah, blah. It'll be a few minutes. Do you have a flight to catch? Whatever. We said no, but we do have a train. Literally, Ryan, an hour and 15 minutes later, they come back and they're like, we don't know where it is. We see it when it goes to check in and then we don't know where it went. So we're pissed, but they comped our room. So, hey, free stay in New York City for the weekend. And lucky for me, they called us later that that afternoon and we're like, we think we found it. Can we send you some pictures? And they sent us pictures and it looks like mine, but I don't really know. I don't have a way to know. So they actually drove it all the way to our house in New Jersey. And I opened it up. I plugged it in. It matched all my data. So I was like, okay, this is mine. But yeah, that was fucking annoying. Other than that, Ryan, great weekend. I saw Tool twice. The first night they played a song they hadn't played off one of their albums like in 11 years. They closed with Schism, which they've never done before. I was stoned just the right amount where it was awesome, but I wasn't like bugging out. Night two, different story. I was bugging out just a little bit. Not sure if I was going to come out on the other side, but I did. So it was a great weekend. I would have laughed hysterically if they drove all the way to your house and it wasn't yours. Oh, I mean, that wouldn't have been my problem at that point. I would have just been like, so uh, who do I contact about reimbursement? Because I don't know if you know this, Ryan, a, a sink, just the machine, not, not a face mask, not the tubing, not the AC adapter or any filters, just the machine is at least a, a grand. And I'm not paying that out of pocket. And insurance sure shit is not going to give me a replacement machine because somebody lost it. So no, no. I mean, maybe you could argue broken, but I don't. They probably want it. Uh, it's a it's it's a major issue with insurance. They don't even really want to give you one. Like I just got a new one, and my other one was broken, and they almost didn't want to approve giving me a new one. But they'd also didn't want to approve me taking a sleep study. So insurance. 
but it was a good weekend, Ryan. Other than that, like I said, I saw Tool. They were awesome. If you've never seen Tool, I suggest you see them. The opener was actually good, too. Ryan, I do have something here slightly wrestling-related that maybe we can uh -oh. go. Uh-oh. I got a crate today. What? What? It's a crate. Well, let's open it up. Let's do it. Um, I got to get Jay White. Hold on. Here he is. Jay White. Jason White. That's uh, that's that's my Switchblade's nickname is Jay White because Jay White's nickname is the Switchblade. See what I did there? Uh, I'm confused. Try to break it down for me, please. Jay White, the person, his nickname's the Switchblade. So my Switchblade's nickname is Jay White, the person. I've just reversed it. All right, Ryan, here we go. I'll take your word for it. Come I'm on. sorry. I'm, I'm, I want to see what you have. The pun guy doesn't get it. Uh, Ryan, this is uh, the Revolution 2024 crate. I'm looking at the card now, so I know exactly what's here. I, I just opened this up. It, I didn't even know this came today. Uh, so let's see. We got two shirts like we always do. First shirt, Ryan is a rated R superstar Adam Copeland shirt. They got that out fast. Not terrible. No. Not as wrestling shows go. Not terrible. Uh, let's see. Second one. Now this is the second shirt I've gotten from this group. The first one was red. This one is not. This one is a Living Legends FTR t-shirt. Oh, I like that one. I like yeah. that shirt. I like it because it's their, their actual logo. Uh, okay. Let's see. Next up, now the now's the, the stuff. Uh, ooh, Micro Brawler this month is Luchasaurus, not Kill Switch. This is Luchasaurus. Oh, you're right. It even has a name on it. it. Doesn't have the kill switch name. I wonder if we'll change that on any future gear. It's boys, evil. I should say. Evil. Oh, Ryan, this one's on the nose. It's uh, an an acclaimed uh, piece of merch, uh, and these are legitimate um, acclaimed scissors. I don't know if you're are gonna be real? able. To... Can't say it. But on are the on the blade, it says the acclaimed. Very small. Are they are they real scissors? Yeah, these are real scissors. Not like toys. No, this is an actual scissors. Okay. Fair enough. I, I would. And they're not safety scissors though. either. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. They give you all sorts of weird shit. Uh, let's see. Here is our poster. Our MJF. Uh, Brian Danielson, Revolution 2023 poster. I love the posters. They're always some of my favorite that you get. I can't, I can't unfold it without like ripping it here. But yeah, the, po it. the posters are great because um, to me they look like those old timey like fight posters. Yes, they're the best things they they put out. They're really. That's fun. not a knock on anything else. That's just 
No, they are super fun. I'm going to hold on to the 8x10 autograph to see if you have any guesses. Uh, so we'll hold that to last like we usually do. There's only one 8x10 in here. Uh, let's see. We have a pin this year, uh, or this time around it says, he's our scumbag MJF pin. I'm not kidding, but okay. Not bad. Uh, oh, a flag. Got to open this one up. It's a Samoa Joe flag. I did get a, we did get a Danielson flag in one of these boxes. But if you're a freak, you will fly the Joe flag. And this one is your, uh, just listed as Samoa Joe flag. I didn't know flags were something they were doing. Well, here's, uh, here's my one problem with it is the fact that there's no, there's no like eyelets here. If you actually wanted to fly this flag, like to me, it's more of like just a wall hanging, right? Cause you put a pin yeah. and stick it to your wall. I really thought you were going to pull out one of those like mini flags that you could like throw on your fingers. I was like, this is going to be ridiculous. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, oh, we have a uh, Danhausen logo patch. Love that Danhausen patch. This is fun, Ryan. You would appreciate this. If you play your guard, if you play your card right, I'm going to give you one next time I see you. It is uh, Sanjay Dutt pencils. Is uh, Sanjay Dutt pencils, and then uh, I don't know. You probably can't see this, but it says "Property of Sanjay Dutt" on all the pencils. So that's fun. And all right, Ryan, here we go. Eight by ten, confirming that it's actually who they say it is. Not going to pull it out because last time I did, I think you could see through it. All right, Ryan. I'll give you three guesses, and if you guess it wrong, I'll give you a clue. It's Hikaru Shida. It's not Shida. That's strike one. But you're in the right realm. It's a female wrestler. Tony Storm. Not Tony Storm. Um, this is somebody who is not as uh, accomplished as Timeless Tony Storm. Sky Blue. There you go. I tell you what, I got there kind of quick. You did. Sky blue, and this is this is happy sky blue. This isn't dark sky blue. No, there's a heart after it. Oh, she loves me, Ryan. There's a heart after. Oh, that's so sweet. She she knew it was just for you, Aunt. Thank you, Sky. She, she was I like she didn't fart anyone else's, just yours. Did you say she didn't fart anyone else's? Heart, 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 heart. Don't listen to him, Sky. He doesn't know what he's saying. Your shorts are short. So there you go. Short shorts. Sky blue wears shorts. Sky wears short shorts. Tom, filthy Tom Lawler wears short shorts. Who does? Tom Lawler, filthy Tom Lawler. Oh, yeah, he does. Really short shorts. Yeah. Very short shorts on filthy Tom. It's because he's filthy. So there you go, Ryan. That's our uh, Revolution 2024 crate. Courtesy of uh, All Elite Crate. I think my favorite item in the box this month is the um, Sanjay Dutt pencils. I don't yeah, count. I mean, that's 
just don't break them. Don't don't be that guy. Don't break those pencils. No, why would I break Sanjay Dutt's pencils? He's a genius. Oh, it's a anyway. thing to break his pencils. I know it's the thing, but it doesn't have to be my thing. It's a thing, not the thing. Uh, so Ryan, before we move on, um, how was Collision Cast this Saturday? I haven't watched it, it yet. We collided. You did, and uh, who was on? Uh, who was your guest this week? Uh, Pluggo from Between Two Beards. His uh, co-host JPJ was supposed to arrive, but as we explained on the Collision Cast, his work decided to extend his hours by about six hours. Oh, fun! So I know how he that had goes. to. Yeah, he had to pass. Um, so it was JPJ. I mean, it was Pluggo from Between Two Beards, and Kate made a, a short appearance as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that was the two to three of us all night. Um, so yeah, and yeah, I know your work is. I'm not going to spill your uh, shoot work, but I know it's made some news. I mean, you might have just spilled it, but sure, we could talk about. Oh, that. oh my god, so many places have made news. I've given away nothing. <laughs> not, not like us. Um, oh, I didn't go that hard, but yeah. But I'll, I'll, uh, yeah, we can talk after this about that. Yeah, I'm not. That's as much as I'm saying. But. Man, um, well, that's good, man. Uh, that's good. I uh, I was talking to Joe last week about it. Uh, Asian Joe, by the way, it's his birthday. Happy birthday, Asian Joe. Uh, yes, well, his birthday like two. I was gonna say, I think two days ago. Yeah, but still, uh, we haven't been on the air. Happy birthday, belated to Asian Joe. Asian Joe is not here because um, he took a trip to San Jose, and unfortunately. Weather no, San Diego. Was it San Diego? No. Where was first battle in the valley? I'm pretty sure it was San Jose. Hold on, I'm double checking. Double checking, double check San Jose. So um so yeah, unfortunately for Asian Joe, weather prevented him from actually getting to uh Battle in the Valley. But I uh, we made sure to text him and say, Oh Joe, we are so sorry. We have that for news and notes, Ryan. So we'll touch on, you know, the big story out of battle uh, in the Valley. Uh, but then, yeah, he took, uh, I think he drove up part of California. I think he drove like up north. I don't know. Uh, so, um, well, Ryan, that's awesome. Yeah, I, Scott knows to, Scott knows to San Jose, but he ended up in San Diego. See, I wasn't wrong. But he went to San Jose, and then ah, whatever. I only I can only have room in my brain for one San. Means whale's vagina. Mm, I don't think so. Yes, yes, yes. It's German for whale's vagina. Mm, okay, I'll take your word for it, but I don't think it's right. Um, so Asian Joe's not here. Uh, but I was telling him, Ryan, um, if I'm asked, I am free this Saturday. We will keep that in mind. Oh, okay. The committee has to discuss. I understand. It's your show. I understand. But I'm just saying, I know for a fact, for the entire night, I'm available. I love the idea of just being a dick and being like, well, <laughs> let us decide that one. Well, I've seen a few messages going back and forth about the next weekend, but unfortunately, I'm not available. So Neither am I. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I know. And is that just the weekend next week or you guys are gone like the whole week? No, I'm here. I should be here Wednesday. 
Okay. As I leave early Thursday morning, we get back Tuesday, so I should be here the following Wednesday. So it's just sad. I just missed our Collider cast, which incidentally is also the Royal Rumble, which is my favorite pay-per-view. Even if whatever, I love the Royal Rumble. I'm missing the Royal Rumble. I'm sorry to hear that. You can watch it on the cock in replay. I mean, I will, but, you know. You love the cock. It's full of entertainment. No comment. Just say it, Ryan. Actually. We're not going to clip it. Joe certainly, not gonna lie. certainly won't clip that. I have been watching a show on the cock. Yeah, what's it called? Ted. Ted, like the movie? Yeah, they made a show out of it. Oh, God. now it takes place. In, no, it's great. It takes place in 1993. So, like, uh, the Mark Wahlberg's character is 16 in the show. Is it? Um, is it? Uh, what's his name doing the voice of the bear still? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. I like it. If you like, I mean, yeah. If you like Family Guy at all, it, this is fucking hilarious. I will say this. Uh, I was, since we're talking about new shows, I was uh, scrolling around on on all the streaming services, and I don't know why I stopped on Netflix. I never uh, watch Netflix. Um, I stopped on Tacoma FD. Did you ever I enjoy that show? I enjoy that show. Okay, because I like those two guys from Broken Lizard. I don't know their name, but uh, like Farva. Yeah, uh, and then the other the other guy, yeah. I. I'm not going to lie to you. I cracked the fuck up the first time I heard them say soft and they were just like, it's so soft. So soft. How soft. That, I, I got- that is a great show because like, I mean, there's moments where you'll crack up, but overall you're never unhappy watching it. You're never like, what the hell am I watching? It's always just like a, the fun, like, yeah. So soft. So soft. And they pop the ball. Where he's like, I popped the ball. <laughs> he threw it pop. That's a crazy. Uh, so I didn't know they made Ted a TV show. Uh, that's interesting. It's really funny. The Emmys were on the other day and like four shows won everything. And I know yeah, that I'm never going to, I'm never going to watch the bear. I'm just never going to watch it. Doesn't watch a show with a bear. Ted. Okay. I, I see what you did there. I did watch Succession. That won a bunch of awards. I watched Beef. I didn't think that was as good as everybody made it out to be. Like it was, it was okay, but like I didn't think it was great. I didn't watch that either. Well, you're, to me, you're not missing much. But anyway, Ryan. Uh, so well, I'm glad to hear episode two of Collider Cast was excellent. Uh, so if you want to see uh, uh, the replay, you can go to our YouTube. And watch Ryan and Pluggo, and at certain points, Kate uh, talking along and watching uh, Collision from this past Saturday, which I hear was a great show. Have not watched great it yet, show. so I'll have to check it out. Uh, and then I will, I will likely watch the Collider Cast at the same time that I'm watching Collision, because what better way to do it? Uh, so you can go to YouTube, and then uh, of course Saturday, uh, there's going to be a, a our third edition of the Collider Cast. Uh, if watch alongs are your thing, uh, certainly check it out or check out the replay. And, uh, you know, if you know anybody who's into that stuff, please spread the word. But tonight is Wednesday night, which means we do our dynamite post show. So we're going to run through dynamite. 
since we do our collider cast, we're not going to touch on collision. Uh, we're not going to touch on rampage. If you want to hear any talk about collision or rampage, go to the collider cast. Uh, so we're just going to jump straight into it. Um, and then, uh, afterwards, uh, we're going to take a break somewhere in the middle and then we're going to get some other news and notes from the past week of what happened in the world of AEW. So Ryan, we're going to jump straight in. This was sort of like an unofficial championship night, uh, in, uh, South Carolina, uh, tonight, uh, three championships were on the line, the world heavyweight championship, the ring of honor, six man tag team championship and the TNT championship. We also had had announced ahead of time, they announced we were going to get Deanna Perrazzo and Anna Jay. Uh, we were going to hear from the Bucks. We were going to hear from Swerve. But then they wound up throwing a bunch of matches on the card late. So uh, it actually wound up being a pretty full show. And they also announced late, Ryan, the main event for the evening was uh, going to be commercial free. So that was going to be our championship match. So uh, we we open up the show with the TNT championship, Christian Cage versus Dustin Rhodes. And I'm not going to lie to you, Ryan. I was not really looking forward to this. Like, I was looking forward to Christian Cage doing his thing and then maybe having this be a quick thing and then addressing the crowd in some fashion. But I will say, Ryan, this match was really good. Like... I got sucked into this match uh, pretty early on. And towards the end, it really pulled me in uh, closer. Uh, Christian Cage wound up winning by pinfall with the kill switch. He actually hit two kill switches to retain the AEW TNT championship. No shenanigans after the match. Of course, there were a few moments where, you know, um, Nick Wayne and Luchasaurus, you know, sort of helped distract the referee. But no shenanigans really led to uh, the finish. Christian hit the spear, hits the kill switch, kick out, hit the second kill switch, end a match. Uh, so like I said, Ryan, like I really didn't I really didn't have um I didn't have high not high hopes, but I didn't really have anything to look forward to in this match, but I don't know why, because Dustin Rhodes is a pretty reliable wrestler and Christian Cage is a really good wrestler too. So uh, this wound up, I thought, being a really good match, in my opinion. Uh, what did you think about this one? So I didn't see this match get announced. Like, I forgot that it did. And I walked in a little late on Dynamite, so I was very confused to see this match, to be like, where the hell did this come from? But otherwise, very good. Um, like you said, Dustin was... Uh, he still can perform at a high level when given the chance. I was cracking up with the guys in the front row who were wearing the Christian outfit which was a sleeveless uh, turtleneck, mock neck or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, it ended up being a really good match and, and far more competitive than I think anyone would have expected. Uh, listen, I like that they're having Christian wrestle a little bit with, with the title. It gets boring when a title just sits on the sideline. So, and, and listen, I don't think... Obviously, I don't think anyone thought that Dustin Rhodes was going to take it from him, but a competitive match is still a fun match to have. So, I mean, I think it was a solid opener. It's the kind of opener they used, like, they should start off Dynamite with a lot. It gets your attention right away. Yeah, you know, sort of in a post-MJF world, uh, it seems like they're sort of getting back to that, right? They're not going to the come out, do a segment sort of, uh, you know, structure to 
to dynamite. And it makes sense because there were a lot of storylines, you know, going on with uh, MJF and the devil and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I'm glad that they're back to, to matches and leading off with a strong match like this is always good. And I'm not going to lie to you, Ryan. I, I, I didn't think that Dustin Rhodes had a chance either, but towards the end, I was like, are they going to pull the trigger here? Like, are we, are we going to see something happen where Luchasaurus, AKA kills, or I'm sorry, kill switch, AKA Luchasaurus is going to affect the outcome and then maybe lead to some sort of split. Now it didn't happen, but we've been seeing these seeds of descent sort of get plant, uh, planted between Luchasaurus and, and, you know, Christian cage. So, uh, didn't wind up happening. Nothing happened with that tonight, but still a, a highly competitive, hard hitting match. And, just shows you at, at, you know, sort of Dustin on his last road, you know, uh, can still can still put together a quality match. So he just keeps stepping. He he does. He is naturally good at this. No walks many roads. Oh, boy. <laughs> Listen, you actually said it first. I just was finished, like you. I know. I know. I couldn't think of another one to keep it going. So, you know what? We're going to move on. We're just going to move on. We're going to cut our losses right, right past it. And we go backstage with the ravishing Renee Paquette. She's interviewing Shane Swerve Strickland. And he's laughing and says that he has his eyes everywhere because she asked him about the main event tonight. He said he's got his eyes everywhere. He'd be foolish to not pay attention to the main event. And whoever comes out as champion, he's going to be laser focused on that title. He didn't win the Continental Classic, but he came out of it with everybody talking about him, and that makes him the most dangerous man going after the most coveted prize in the industry right now. So she asked him also about Hangman uh, Adam Page, and Swerve said that he said he's got eyes everywhere, and Hangman is impeccable. He's beaten Kenny Omega, Danielson, Moxley, Roddy, J.D. Drake, Claudio Casagnoli. He said he even thinks that if God came down from the heavens... Hangman would have a chance to beat him, but he can't beat Swerve. Swerve said he's beat him twice. He doesn't have anything else to prove, and he's moving on. And we go to break. So, Schlong, do you like what we're seeing out of Swerve here? He's confident, but he's not like the, I would say, standard, uh, arrogant, cocky heel. He's just... He's been the same swerve the whole time. So I don't have a problem with this. And we know that he's on a path sort of it. You know, we believe he's on a path for that, that championship at some point in the near future. Yeah. I mean, this is, it'd be stupid to change his character from what he has been doing. So you're right. This is kind of the same guy he's been playing, but the guy he's been playing fits so perfectly as a heel. Why would you change that? Like this is, He's got a natural cockiness, natural arrogance, but it's not, it all seems, how do I want to say this? It's it, on him, it, like it makes sense. Like he has been that good. He has won. He did come out of the the the, the uh, Continental Classic as the guy. So he should have some of that arrogance. I also like that he does something that I, I think, it's kind of funny. I'm going to talk about someone no one wants to talk about anymore, but. Hold on. Am I going to sneeze? No. Thought I might sneeze there for a second. Um, but in Jericho's first book, 
Jericho quotes, Jericho tells a story, and you'll see where I'm going, where he cut a promo on an old wrestler. It was when Jericho was young, so like one of his first promos. And mm -hmm. he cut a promo on this old heel wrestler, and he just ran him down as like old and, and I don't think wrestler was heel, whatever. He ran him down as old and bad and this and that. And the wrestler came up to him and said, you, do you realize what you just did? He goes, if, if you talk up to me and talk about my that I, I have experience and I'm, I'm wily, then all you did is lose to a veteran who got one over on you. But what you did now is if I beat you and I will be beating you, you just got beat by a man you called old and useless and run down. How do you look in that situation? And, and Jericho's whole point was as a heel, yes, you want to make fun of your, your opponent a little bit. You want to talk yourself up, but you also need to hype up your opponent enough so that people – so beating them matters. And I think Swerve did that here where he was he talked up Hangman so much to not only give strength to his previous wins, but to the inevitable win again where he's like, hey, he's all these things. So if this guy is this good and I beat him, what does that make me? But also if Swerve were to lose, Swerve lost to a guy who could beat God if God came out. Like that's that's the perfect way to hype him up. So I really there's a lot of skill there that I really appreciated from Swerve. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm with you there. It makes sense because even in a loss, he's he's already laid the groundwork for he's a phenomenal wrestler. And I think yeah. they do a good job with that too, even when they have heels on commentary. Heels tend to always talk up, you know, how good maybe one of the faces is, right? Like they don't just sit there and shit talk the face the whole time. Like uh even Nigel, right? Like as much as he'll put on the, he hates Danielson and stuff like that. Like he will give him credit where the credit is deserved. <clears throat> so I think they do a good job with this overall for the most part. Um, you know, obviously people like MJF will shit talk everybody, but MJF when he was playing the face, uh, was also giving a bunch of people credit when he was, when he was shit talking them. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I like this now. Now, Schlung, I have to ask you one question. I've asked I've asked a few people this. I haven't had a chance to ask you. Do you like the new look of goth swerve with the smoky eye makeup? Kind of. It's a little off putting at one point, but he looks so creepy and you mix that with his attitude and the smile. And I'm like, OK, this is this is working. It's not creepy for me, and I don't dislike it, but every time I see him, I'm like, ooh, where did he get the shiner? Oh, wait, it's just makeup. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah, like, definitely. he's dark. You know, he's just, he, he's dark and he's tormented, you know? You don't understand him. Guess not. He's mysterious. Not mysterious. Not like the suit, but he's mysterious. And it is mysterious. The buttons are on the wrong side. Oh, Ryan. So they go to a commercial after they talk to Hangman, but they come back with the wonderful Renee Paquette again, and she's backstage interviewing Chris Jericho. And Jericho says the tag titles didn't slip from his grip. They were ripped out of his hands by the Don Callis family who took what was rightfully theirs. And he talks about, you know, how uh, that also led to Sammy getting hurt and that, um, you know, now he's got to figure out what weapons he wants to use for revenge. Um, but now he's going to seek and destroy to catch his ass like he did in Japan. But then Matt Seidel rolls up like me. He's got a third eye. He must have seen tool as well. Uh, so uh, Seidel says uh, 
Jericho's losing it. And this isn't the Jericho that he knows. He needs to get in the ring with somebody who's beaten him before. And Chris says uh, he respects him as a wrestler. And maybe he's even born to do this. Get it? And they'll fight him on Rampage. So they do make that official. So Friday night, we will get uh, uh, Matt Seidel versus uh, Chris Jericho on Rampage. Now, it's funny, Ryan. Uh, Mrs. Money goes, Rampage Jericho. Isn't that a downgrade? Well, I'm pretty sure they're being very, very cautious with where they're putting uh, Jericho these days. Uh, So if you ask me, there's a chance to do some post-production on something they can tape on. Uh, on Rampage, maybe to help if there's booze in the crowd or something like that. But any, I mean, what what's the interest level from you here, Ryan? The reason I ask here is because we've been talking about Jericho, regardless of all the, the other things going on. Uh, we've been talking about Jericho and um, how we want to see him take a step away just because we feel like, you know, okay, We've seen a lot of Jericho. We've seen him with Sammy. You know, me and me and Joe were talking about the uncoupling of Jericho and and uh, and and you know Sammy Guevara. Uh, Jericho now says he's moving on to destroy Takeshita. He's going to face Matt Sydal. Like, what what what's your thoughts on all this? So as so we talked about a little bit about this on. Firecast. I won't ever speak to Jericho's extracurriculars because I don't know anything about him. And on serious matters, I won't comment. Listen, if it's a contract, if it's anything wrestling related, I'll I'll speculate all day. But anything serious, sure. I, I, I um. So that in mind, wrestling wise, I do think it's time for him to take a slight break, and it's not a knock on him. Even they've told so many stories with him. If you really think about it, he's the most consistent AEW talent in terms of on TV out of everyone. He's yeah. had Orange Cassidy, and it might be the, the the other, but Orange Cassidy was not in the spotlight from the beginning. Jericho's, I don't know if Jericho's had any, has had, Jericho's had very little time off. Omega's been out. The Young Bucks have been out. Hangman's taken time off. MJF's had time off. Uh, Moxley's had time off. You know, maybe not always for good reasons, but they've had time off where they were away. He hasn't. Sorry, uh, sorry Ryan. Hi, Jesse. How are you, friend? You're going to get away from me tonight. Good to see you here. Don't mind the booze. There's no booze. No. Good to see you, Jesse. Go ahead, Ryan. Didn't mean to cut you off. Yes, you did. Uh, So, like, there is that to be said that of all the major talents, he's the only one who doesn't seem to have any kind of real break. And I think wrestling wrestlers in general really benefit from even a couple months of not being on TV. Like, finish yeah. the story, go rest your body, go get healthy. But also, just wrestling-wise, you're always more excited when someone comes back after you. You don't feel like the rundown. And this happens to everyone in all promotions where you're like, Maybe that guy shouldn't be the focus for a while. It's really nice when they give guys time off. His is even a worse case because of the stuff that people like because people are have other issues with him. Just just Jericho, that's just go away. Not for long, it doesn't be forever, it doesn't be for a long time, but just go away. Yeah. Figure some stuff out and, and then come back. And it, it, it you know, 
fans will probably be much happier. And again, this is something that he's I'm I'm blanking if there's anyone else in the company realistically who's put in as much time as he has. Yeah, I mean and even to I, I was thinking as you were saying it, like, okay, Kenny's had time off, the Bucks have had time off, Jericho or uh uh Moxley's had some time off. It's funny, like even the few moments that Jessica Jericho has had time off, like it's been really abbreviated. Like I know the big joke for a while was like Moxley's going on a fishing trip. Nope, he canceled. He's going to stick around for like eight more months before he gets any time off. And then he took time off and it was like one week, right? But like Jericho took Jericho took off because I think that, that him and Fozzie went to the UK, right? And that was honestly like two or three weeks. And then he was right back. And then even when he had that health scare in the UK, um, it was like as soon as he could be back, he was back. Like he didn't take any extended time off. So even the few moments he's had off, he's come back like immediately. I just, I, I'm sort of with you here. I just think it's over exposure. I think that he can take some time off, do whatever he wants to do with like Fozzie or just not do anything or do his podcast. And like, it'll be fine. Like he can come back. He can get on TV. Like, I just think we need a breather from Jericho. A lot of these stories are sort of being retread, you know? I, I completely, like I said, I completely, you're, yeah, that's the whole thing. I just give him, give him not forever, but even if it was two, three months, three months, a quarter of the year. Yeah. You, you give him three months off. He takes time. He'll, you know, if you, I'm sure at his age, he's got some, some bad, you know, he's banged up a little bit. It takes time. He'll, you come back when a story makes sense. Dude, even just, even just take time off from television. Like if you want to work, be there in the back, right? Like he's got other stuff that he does, right? So just do stuff off the screen. It's okay. Like, you know, I don't know. Well, anyway, Ryan, let's move on from Jericho. We know we'll get him inside Dallas on Friday. Uh, but uh, our next match of the night is the best friends uh, versus Commander and Penta El Zero. And the best friends configuration tonight is Orange Cassidy and Trent Beretta. Commentary does make mention before the match starts that, you know, because of injuries to uh, Chucky e. T as well as Ray Phoenix, this match sort of had to change or they were going to have this match some time ago, but everybody's still sort of banged up. So they're doing this match tonight. The first time Orange Cassidy and Trent have teamed together and then commander has been just, you know, working like crazy. Um, so, uh, so we get this match put together. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun. I felt like everybody worked pretty well together. The best friends do win by pinfall with the dude buster from Trent Beretta on commander. But then post match, we get the undisputed kingdom to come down and it's Roddy, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett who come to the ring and Roddy tells orange to take off his glasses so he can look him in the eyes. And he asks why he was in a tag match tonight. If he's such a fighting champion that takes on all comers, is it because he's running out of gas or maybe it's because the title belongs to him and he can't face it. Well, that was a lot of pronouns. 
Roderick says maybe it's because the title belongs to him and Orange can't face it. Sorry, I figured that was confusing. So the crowd's sort of getting into it, chanting, shut the fuck up. But Orange tells everybody, you know, I've got this. Um, so if you want it, he tells Roddy, if you want it, let's go right here, right now. Roddy sort of takes, takes off his shirt, takes a moment. But of course, he says he's not going to do it right now. He wants Orange to wait for revolution and spend every day of the next six weeks knowing that he's just keeping that title warm for next strong Roderick Strong. He's strong, I'll take you on. He's such an inspiration, having full neck strength back, no wheelchair, not afraid to take a fight. Roddy Strong, your hero and mine. Not all heroes wear capes. Ryan, what did you think about the match and setting up this match for uh, for Revolution? Because they have been saying that they want to get Roddy this belt. Match was a lot of fun. Uh, I think this is the first time we've seen Chucky e. T on TV in a while. Even though he didn't wrestle, I still think this was his first appearance in a long time because of injury. He just hasn't been around, so that was nice to see. Uh, but yeah, it was it was as fun of a match as you can expect with these four in there. I do think uh, there was a funny thing. Someone tweeted out to the commander, always there to take that pin. Like, you just knew. The after was interesting. I think... I love that they're building this pay-per-view so far out because they hadn't... They've The last couple seemed kind of thrown together. And I'd much prefer this, where it's, you know, six weeks out, you actually have a story. And the, the TNT... Uh, the, the international with a full story, the TNT with a full story, your world title has story. Like all your major stuff has stories to it. You know, your women's has a story. I love it. And they're all going to be six weeks out. And I think that's great because you can play with that for that time. And because there's so many moving parts, it won't feel repetitive. At least it shouldn't if they do it right. Um, I know that Jesse Ozak doesn't think that, uh, it makes a lot of sense for Roddy to chant, wait six weeks. I think Roddy fears Orange Cassie a little bit. Probably wants that six, probably going to use that six weeks to beat him down, to wear him down. Cause he knows he can't take Orange if he's healthy. Um, even though Roddy's perfectly healthy with that neck. Um, now he is. So I think he's going to win the title in six weeks. I do. Uh, I also think to your Jesse, Ozag, if that kingdom slander includes Mike Bennett, we can't, I cannot agree with you because Mike Bennett is awesome. I will uh I will say this. Um Jesse Ozog also said, but Chucky and Phoenix are back around the ring at least. They did mention when the uh kingdom, the undisputed kingdom came out, uh that um Chucky uh isn't really in shape for a fight because he broke his foot and he's wearing a, a an ankle brace. So I guess um I guess he is not really cleared for in-ring action yet. Phoenix, I'm not so sure about. I know he was a little banged up. Uh, maybe he's still just taking taking some precaution. Either way, I don't think it affected the match. I thought the match was perfectly fun. And I'm with you, Ryan. They've been, you know, they've been saying they want to get this belt on Roddy. This is the next step that makes sense. I think Roddy wins the belt at Revolution. Um, hopefully with no shenanigans. Um, 
you know, maybe yeah. maybe we'll get uh, a rematch out of Orange who might say, oh, I wasn't 100% or blah, blah, blah. Maybe he just won't care uh, because he had uh, exercised that demon of beating uh, of beating beating uh, Moxley. But either way, I'm with you, Ryan. They're building this. They're building this out, um, you know, six weeks out. And we don't often get that. So uh, I'm interested to see where we go from here and what the next few weeks hold uh, to build that pay-per-view. So all that leads into a busy night because we get uh, Renee Paquette, the the stunning Renee Paquette, I should say, interviewing Hangman Adam Page backstage. And he says that if you think back on the past five years, you're not going to find anybody who cared about the AEW World Championship more than he did. And he realized he wanted to win it then, but now he wants to hold it and make it his and keep it for as long as he can. So he tells Swerve it doesn't matter but because Samoa Joe is the world champion uh, and he'll be watching tonight as well. So... We know that Hangman's invested in in who's going to be the champion. He wants that belt. Swerve wants that belt. I'm sure we're going to lead to a third match between the two of them to see who who gets that chance at the championship. Or maybe we'll get a triple threat match. I don't know, Ryan. We'll see. But Hangman is in. Now, Hangman, or Ryan, what do you think of full beard Hangman with that man mustache? I love the mustache. He's he's um, what's his name? Magnum TA. That's who he is. He's just pulling that look off perfectly. It worked for him. I'm I'm a big fan. Uh, I love the promo. I loved at the end where he's like, and if you have the and hook, if it's you, God be with you. Because like such a badass line. Like if it's you, well, I'm gonna kill you. So it was excellent. I love the promo. Both both Hangman and Swerve gave fire promo tonight. Where they lay it out their points. They, I love the like. I don't think of him at all type deal. There's just a lot going on with Hangman that I really enjoy. This is this is gonna be, this is gonna be a lot of fun. This is these next six weeks are gonna be a lot of fun. Is basically what I want to say. Yeah, and and you know, part of me hopes Ryan that like next week they don't like announce. Oh, it's gonna be Joe and this guy, or it's gonna be you know this and that. Like, I hope that maybe we get a couple weeks of not knowing: is it gonna be Hangman Joe? Is it gonna be Swerve Joe? Is it gonna be somebody else? Maybe they'll they'll keep building until they have to have a three way match. But I I actually hope they don't have a three way for that title because I'd rather actually see Joe face Hangman one on one and then eventually get to Swerve. Um, but like I said, maybe they'll do Swerve Hangman for seeing who is the number one contender, which would be a lot of fun because it's a it's a third match in that trilogy. There are stipulation, you know, there doesn't necessarily need to be a stipulation if it's a winner gets a title shot. You know what I mean? Like that's the stipulation. So it doesn't need to be like a death match or something like that. This is, you know, going to be a match both guys are willing to die for, you know, so. Um, yeah. so it's going to be interesting to see what they do. It's going to be interesting, but they do go back out to the ramp, Ryan. Uh, and we have, um, uh, Mark Briscoe make his entrance. The Briscoe family is sitting ringside and, uh, Mark gets on the mic and asks South Carolina, what's good. 
And he says that he comes tonight representing the baddest tag team in the history of the planet, them boys, the Briscoe brothers. And he says, you know, tragically, one year ago tonight, his partner and his brother passed on in a car accident, which is true. Today is the one-year anniversary of Jay Briscoe's passing, which is wild to think about. Um, but he says that generations come, generations go. And his nieces were in the back of that truck with Jay. And they told his oldest niece that she wouldn't walk again. However, his nieces and nephew walk out under their own power. And he thanks the fans. He thanks God. And he says that they love us. The family loves us. They thank us. And then they show the, the memorial video package that, that we've seen before for, uh, for Jay White. Uh, or Jay, Jay White, my God. Uh, for Jay Briscoe. Uh, and then we, we go to break, um, uh, a great video package. Like I said, we've seen it before, but you see all of the, all of the, you know, sort of big matches that, that Jay had some of the big opponents, you know, uh, Steen, uh, and, um, you know, the kingdom, you know, FTR, uh, and then you see some of those, those family moments, uh, that, uh, that we saw before, you know, him and his daughters and and his family. So, um, like I said, Ryan, it's just, it's really wild to think that it's, it's a year. Um, sometimes it feels like it's been longer than that, you know, which is sort of weird. Sometimes it also doesn't feel like it's been that long, you know, but, um, still just a lot, such a loss, you know, um, the way that he went out and never really got his, uh, his time to shine on regular television. Yeah, there's. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't have a lot to add. This was, yeah, both a sad but good segment. You know, obviously when he did the however and his niece walked out, that was a powerful moment because that sounds awful. You know, when you hear that, uh, you know, when you hear yeah. that, like uh, she might not walk. That's terrible. So, you know, there's not a lot to say. It was, it was a wonderful segment. Just it stands yeah. on its own. So go watch it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and also, when he said that about his niece never walking again, I I don't know if I had ever heard that before or read it and maybe just forgot about it. But like in that moment, I was just like, oh, my God. And I knew she was in. Re- I remember when it happened, her being in very bad shape. Yes. Yes. So and it, it, it wouldn't have shocked me if they had said that. Right. And at one point they didn't even know when they were going to be, when she was going to be out of the hospital. Like it was, it was really bad. Um, so, uh, like Ryan said, you know, a segment that stands sort of on its own. Uh, I'm sure it's out there on AEW socials. If you'd like to go see it, or if you DVR the show, make sure you're paying attention. Uh, but they went to break and, and Ryan, we come back once again with, uh, the, uh, stunning, I might have used that Renee Paquette and she's interviewing the young bucks. Um, and, uh, Nick Jackson pipes up quickly and says, uh, he insists that they be called by their full God given names, Nicholas and Matthew. And then Matthew goes on to deny all the allegations of, of temper tantrums and whatnot, because he's asked about it. And asks what she and John would do to protect their daughters and what they'd be willing to lose. Uh, of course, you know, 
Um, we know that they're EVPs. They're playing that role up. You know, they say we're, we're executives. We've got to, you know, be more like executives. So they are being more of that now. So Renee moves on to ask about Sting uh, and Darby. And Matthew says they used to talk about changing the world and they were disruptors and rebels out with the old in with the new. And for a while they did that, but then they lost their way and, and they lost their culture because it shifted. And the perception of the company was very different. And it's because they started leaning on yesterday's self-serving cancerous superstars. And this isn't about Sting. Sting is great. He's a role model employee. He's awesome. One of the greatest of all time. However, it's about what Sting represents. He's the last of the dying breed. And his image isn't in line with what they wanted to do in AEW. So unfortunately, they'll have to say goodbye to him and to everybody like him. And they'd never ask anybody to do something they weren't willing to do themselves. So Nicholas shows Matthew something on his phone and says they'll put some some strings uh, to get the they'll pull some strings to get the sting match. Uh, and they have uh, another meeting. So uh, so they have to go and they and they leave. So Schlong, what do you think about EVP Matthew and Nicholas Jackson? I fucking loved this so much. We prefer, we want you to call us by our name, Matthew and Nick. Our real name is Matthew and Nicholas. Such a pretentious douchebag thing to do, and it was perfect. And then just we are EVPs, and you know we made this company. Did you like your paycheck this week, Renee? And oh god, line after line, it was. And then at the end, just the way they walk, we have a meeting to get to. So fucking such douchebags, and it was perfect. You know, they might as well use this. People want to put this on them, so fucking use it. It was hilarious. I loved every second of this. Yeah, and I think at the end, didn't he even say something like, we got a meeting, see you later, babe, or something like that. <laughs> it was so funny. Yeah, I mean, I I like this EVP look bucks. I like the mustaches. I like the light and dark. Uh, not wearing matching clothes, wearing two different suits as as executives, um, and I sort of like what they're they're leaning into with the with the whole sting match, you know, sort of the end of his career because they've got to do away with the old guard superstars, not what they had in line with the vision for the company. So I like it. It's going to be interesting to see where this goes over the next you know six weeks. Uh, and to see what happens with the Bucks moving forward. Um, so we will see. Um, but we move on to our uh, next match. Uh, and our next match, Ryan, is our second championship match of the night. It's for the Ring of Honor World Six-Man Tag Team Championship. And it's Bullet Club Gold versus the Mogul Embassy uh, and uh, Brian Cage. Uh, and so obviously, you know, we have, um, uh, first of all, new, new entrance music for bullet club gold. Um, and, um, we have, uh, uh, oh my gosh. Can't remember, uh, the swerve dance. Uh, oh my God. Prince Nana. Jesus. Sorry. It's been a long day. 
I didn't uh, know what you were going for there. I was like, well, where are we going? Sorry. So Prince Nana is uh is is ringside and that causes some problems late in the match. It's back and forth, and eventually it looks like Nana's gonna gonna hit uh Jay White uh with the belt. But Anthony Bowens comes down to make the save. And eventually, uh Bullet Club Gold win by pinfall with the Blade Runner from Switchblade Jay White on Bishop Khan to win the Ring of Honor World Six-Man Tag Team Championship. So we have new six-man tag team champions for Ring of Honor. Post-match, the Acclaimed are up on the stage. Bowen's offering the scissors. Um, but obviously, we don't have any resolution to that tonight. It looks like Bowen's in, and the Acclaimed are looking out for Bullet Club Gold. Bullet Club Gold sort of looked like they liked that, but... You don't know. Maybe Jay White didn't like that. Either way, he's got gold. So that's all that matters. So maybe, Schlong, we will see this super faction or this super group or whatever you're going to call it, the Bang Bang Scissor Gang. But, Schlong, what did you what did you think about the match? Do you like the fact that the Bullet Club Gold are now the, the Ring of Honor six-man tag team champions? And do you like the thought of the super, the super group? So the match was excellent, as I think we kind of expected it would be. I, I honestly didn't see the Bang Bang Gang winning. I thought there'd be some shenanigans that would cost them because I didn't think they'd put those titles on them. Not in love with it, simply because I don't think they'll be on ROH, and that's something that's been annoying me, that ROH champions aren't on ROH. I think they're going to use this as... I see a couple people saying it out there, and I kind of agree this might be a way to unify the two belts um, so that you're not... It, it, I don't think you should, but that's only because I think you should have a separate ROH with defined divisions and defined people. That way, when you have trios and ROH ready to move up, they have a division to move into. But that's a whole different thing. Um, ignoring that, obviously, I like that Jay White has gold. I like that he's got something around his waist and he's he's important. I think the, I think that you know I'm a Guns fan, so I won't say anything there. Uh, no, I I liked it. I just think, again, uh, I wish they would be on our wage, which I don't think they will. I love the idea of the super faction for a very short time because there's a lot of logic there. In AEW, the way to succeed is through mega factions. It's how everyone has succeeded. So I, I think it makes a lot of sense for Bowen to try, and I can't wait for it to all fall apart. So. Well, it will be interesting to see what happens with the the trios titles in both uh in both, you know, Ring of Honor and AEW. Uh I did I did also think like you did Ryan, maybe um they unify these belts. I don't necessarily think they should either. But that did pass through my brain. Uh I do like the the gold on Jay White and and the guns. Um <clears throat> I think they're a good faction. Um, do you like the new entrance music? It threw me for a loop. I didn't know who was coming out. So it threw me for a loop because I didn't know it was like the same thing. I was like, who the hell is this? But I like the music. I heard it better on the timeline later when Mikey Ruckus tweeted it out, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it's I think it's actually a very fun song for them. But I was like, who the hell is walking out? But that's fine. I mean, people need new music from time to time. I just Again, I don't want to. I, I actually really enjoyed the match. I just hope 
and I love the Bang Bang Gang. So I just hope that they show up on some ROH while the titles. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's going to happen. But, you know, the other reason I thought maybe the music changed long was because up to this point, you had three entrances that started like this. Bullet Club. And then you had Sammy Guevara. And then you also have Powerhouse. So maybe they're just trying to find a way. Are you looking for a Funkasaurus type entrance for Powerhouse Hobbs? No, I just sing the power of love to the power of Hobbs. <laughs> to the Powerhouse Hobbs. That's the powerhouse house. I got you there. So you didn't see that. I will give you, no, I will give you credit. That would be amazing. That would be a lot of fun. Um, and then after the match, we go quickly backstage with Adam Cole and Wardlow, where Adam Cole is talking about how we haven't scratched the surface on what Wardlow is capable of. And he's going to go down as one of the most dominant wrestlers in AEW history. So we're talking up Wardlow. We don't know sort of what's coming up next for Wardlow, except the fact that Adam Cole's been saying that he's going to win the world championship and then eventually give it to Adam Cole. Um, so um, I don't know if you have too much to say here, Ryan. It's just, I wish we would get to see, I, I do wish we would get to see more from Wardlow. Like they're talking him up. Let's see a little bit, right? Yeah, no, I agree. Like, let, let, put him back in matches. Oh, well, let's see more of Wardlow. They do go to a break after this. And actually, we're going to use this moment to take a little break ourselves. Ryan and I are going to re energize, refuel, perhaps use the little boys' room or little girls' room. I don't know how you identify Ryan, but it doesn't matter. All you guys can go take a little bit, a uh, little break. But if you're not going to take a break, why don't you stick around and listen to some of the other shows that are part of the wonderful Shining Wizards Network? We'll be back after the break to finish up talking about Dynamite and everything else that's happened this past week in the world of AEW, right here on the Mark Order Podcast. I'd like to thank each and every one of you for tuning in every Monday night to listen to The Shining Wizards. If you'd like to continue to support us outside of listening, we've got a few ways for you to do that. If you shop at Amazon, go over to Amazon.ShiningWizards.com, do your shopping as usual, and when you make your purchase, a little bit of that purchase price will go back to support the show. If you like to wear t-shirts, Merch.ShiningWizards.com will take you to our Pro Wrestling Tees store, where we've got over a dozen great designs from over 11 years of professional wrestling podcasting. You can become a Patreon supporter at Patreon.com slash Wizards Podcast, where each and every week we call out your name as one of our show producers, and the more you support us, the more things that you're entitled to receive, and believe me, they are fantastic. If you can't support us monetarily, if you don't shop at Amazon, that's absolutely fine. Continue to listen to us wherever you listen to us on the World Wide Web, and make sure you like, rate, review, subscribe, do all that good stuff. It doesn't cost you anything, helps us out, and we can continue to bring you the love fest that is The Shining Wizards. What's up, folks? It's your boy, The Impact Player, Mr. Philly Ray, inviting all of you to check out the Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast. Join us as we cover all things current in the world of pro wrestling, as well as paying homage to the old school, the squared circle. So listen in and find out why we are the recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment broadcasting. 
find us on all social media platforms and anywhere you get your podcast from. And as always, we are the proudest members of the Shining Wizards Network and Rant Entertainment Media. Are you tired of being lied to every day by the mainstream media? Do you want to know what's really going on in the world? Do you want to make up your own mind about things and not be told what to think or say? Then listen to Inconclusive Breakdown, a weekly anti-PC look at the world of entertainment and current events brought to you without censorship or filters. You can find us everywhere you listen to podcasts, BitChute, and on ShiningWizardsNetwork.com. And also, we're a proud member of the Shining Wizards Network. Got 30 minutes to kill? Come check out 30 Screams or Less, where we review a horror movie in 30 minutes or less. We cover new movies and old ones, too. We'll give our honest thoughts on the movie, good or shit, as well as a rating of each one that we watch. New episodes weekly, available on the Shining Wizards Network and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm Steve. And I'm Corey. Come check us out at 30 Screams or Less. G'day guys, my name is Thomas, one half of the Broadcast Podcast. With our podcast, we go back and watch wrestling events from WWE, WWF, WCW, ECW, AEW, and many other wrestling promotions. You can check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast, that's T-H-E-B-R-O-K-A-S-T, and you can also download all episodes on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Castro, and many other podcast apps. you like your music heavy, then check out Radioactive Metal on the Shining Wizards Network. For over 16 years now, Radioactive Metal has been one of the longest running podcasts. Over the years, we've interviewed some legendary metal acts, had some awesome discussions, and cranked a hell of a lot of tunes. So join your cool Uncle Snowy and his co-host Aaron for the audio mosh pit that is radioactive metal here on the Shining Wizards Network. Well, the action is underway! What's up, everyone? When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure to check out Wrestling Night in Canada. If we're not recording another kick-ass podcast... Or playing in punk bands. Or recording kick-ass heavy metal albums. Then we're sitting back, we're grabbing a couple brews, and going over everything to do in the world of pro wrestling. Because we're from Winnipeg, you idiots. The Mark Order Podcast is the only show you need if you're looking for dedicated coverage of everything AEW on the Shining Wizards Network. Join us live on YouTube every Wednesday night at 10.15 p.m. Eastern after Dynamite to chat along with the show. If you can't join us live, listen to us on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all social channels at MarkOrderPod and use the hashtag JoinTheMarkOrder because if you don't find us, we will find you. I'm Kevin Rowe. I'm Al Day. And we're a couple of down-under pounders that co-host... Dots, an action figure collecting podcast. Talking the 
that tickles our fancy at any given moment. We're grumpy old men, and sometimes people get on our nerves. And when you get on our nerves, guess what? You get off the lawn. Get off my lawn, asshole! We also go on a little bit of a mission. We go back and we're grading every wrestling figure mine that's out there. I'm talking LJMs. I'm talking Jacks. I'm talking Hasbros. Who doesn't like a little Hulk of Blacks? It's a Gorilla Brain Wrestling Podcast production found on the Shining Wizards Network. I'm Duke Bags. Kevin Rowe. And together we are the co-hosts of your Duke Road. If you want to hear about some terrible wrestling shows, we got you covered. Well, we talk about good ones, too. We're currently talking about the death of WCW. I know what we're fucking talking about. Sometimes we get uh, guest spots, like from the Taskmaster. I like to uh, I like to listen to the Duke Rope podcast. They're uh, funny guys. That uh, I like when they I like when they talk about the the, the Nards plows. I like Nards plows. That's uh, that's a good move. And uh, I like the Dungeon of Doom. You know, sometimes sometimes I, I call my butt the Dungeon of Doom. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Oklahoma. Let me tell you a little bit about my favorite podcast. All right. It's a podcast for two men. Two men, Duke Banks, Kevin Rowe. They talk about professional wrestling. It's a man's sport. All right? And who better to talk about a man's sport than Duke Oklahoma. And what's the wild Vince Russo's top spot? Oh, you piece of shit! If you're not listening to your Duke and Rowe podcast in the back with the boys, you piece of shit, I don't know what you're doing. Uh, you gotta slide one in there. If you're a man, if you're a man, you're talking about something only a man can do. You're talking about sliding one in there. Bro, take the time to slide one in there. Alright, bro, you piece of shit. Slide one in there. A Gorilla Brain Wrestling podcast production that you can find on the Shining Wizards Network. All right, we're back here on the Mark Order podcast, part of the Shining Wizards Network. Uh, and we just want to remind you before we get back to recapping Dynamite that you can follow us on all of our socials uh, at Mark Order Pod uh, on X, uh, X, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all over the place at Mark Order Pod. Uh, make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, thanks to all the new subscribers we see out there. And then uh, also anywhere you find podcasts, if you listen to us in podcast form, make sure you subscribe. Uh, Ryan had no idea. I don't believe we were on Amazon Music. We are on Amazon Music now. Also on iHeartRadio now. Uh, and I think something called CastBox. So we've expanded where our podcast form is. So if you're listening to the podcast wherever, make sure you subscribe, like, rate, review. That helps us greatly. Uh, and also, if you'd like to spend some of your her, your hard-earned dollars on us, check out our Pro Wrestling Tea store. You can pick up a Mark Order Podcast t-shirt. Head over to our uh, link tree and click the link to go straight there or go to prowrestlingtees.com slash markorderpod or just search the Mark Order Podcast on Pro Wrestling Tees. You'll find our store right here. And we have four shirts up for sale that you can uh, you can purchase and rep us. Any money you spend there comes back to help us out. 
we put the money straight back into the show for everything we need that does, believe it or not, cost money to put this wonderful show on. So we thank you for your support and thank you to anybody who's going to buy a shirt at some point in the future. So thank you. All right, Ryan, what do you say we get back to it? We're up. I want want to address something. Oh boy. Kate is not big timing us tonight. Just for all those listening. No, no, no. Because they're going to, they're not going to hear your generosity and I need to pop hype up your generosity. What generosity? Kate. Kate offered to come on, but you knew she was having a tired one, and you told her to take the night. You did that. I saw no, that's that. Not, that's not true. That's you're not the reason generous. why. Wait, I don't wait, want you're generous, man. No, I don't want you for half. I want you for a whole. Sure, sure, sure. If you start it, you finish it, Ryan. You were just, that's you're how being generous. Ryan, if you start it, we finish it. You were being a generous man. I'm going to give you credit for it. You don't want to own your generosity, but I'm no. I'm giving it to you, Aunt. If you are going to come on and start it, then you'd better damn well finish it. That's all. Whatever you say. Whatever you say. Well, we get to our next match of the night. uh, And it's our uh, women's match. Anna Jay versus the virtuosa Deanna Perrazzo. Um, And uh, Timeless Tony Storm is on commentary for this one. And of course, Ryan, it's a fucking classic. Um, I just want to make sure from the start that I recall this, or at least caught some of this correctly, Ryan, because I, I have no idea. Was Tony storm calling Riccoboni Shivani? Yes, he was right. And then she was feeding him too. Correct. Uh, what were they? Uh, the, the cookies, the macarons. Okay. So uh, I don't know what I was doing, but um, I don't know what I was doing, but I certainly uh, didn't catch why she was feeding him. But I did hear her saying, you look so much better this week. And then Rick Abani was having a tough time talking and eating at the same time. Uh, it was hilarious. Did you, did you catch her line about what uh, Rick Abani was doing with his foot on the table? I heard something about foot under the table, but I didn't quite hear what it was about. I don't know what you're doing with your foot under the table, but do it harder. Oh my God. Oh my God. She's fucking losing her mind. Um, so Tony storms on commentary, but, uh, what was going on in the ring with Anna Jay and Deanna Peraza was, was pretty great too. Uh, Deanna looked very good. Uh, she, uh, wins by submission which is a fantastic name, the Venus de Milo. And then post-match, just just the hardest working woman in AEW, Renee Paquette gets in the ring. And she's talking to Deanna. Deanna says she doesn't know what's gotten into Tony Storm, but they've known each other for a long time, and they used to be like sisters, but it's clear that since she's arrived in AEW that Tony's changed, but so has Deanna. She might she might have been friends with Diana Perazzo, but she's never met the virtuosa. So that's when Tony Storm gets on Luther's shoulders and says, if you want to get technical, technically, she's an artificially canned hag, uh, artificially tanned hag, and her past is none of Diana's concern. And she ought to get right in that ring 
and soccer in the now Ryan this is what I have a question on too did she say I believe she said box but she a lot 100% said box okay now there's a lot of people out there saying but but no way it was box right I'm, I thought I heard box I've seen a lot of places say box I'm going with Box. After she said she had a virtuoso one, she won't tell you who she got it from. Well, that was just fantastic. But I mean, it looks like everybody in our chat is saying she said Box. I have to agree with everybody, and I couldn't believe it. I, like, fell off the couch. I thought it was hilarious, and also was like, how'd that one get on TV? Um, But fantastic. And I see, uh, see, some people out there are also saying, um, I'm looking on Twitter. People are like, "What did? Why box?" Uh, now I'm going to ask you, Ryan. Um, you're you're aware of what box is, right? Uh, yes, yes, I am. Okay, is that not a common slang term? I I mean. I've heard it for a very long time, so I'm I'm assuming it was common. Okay. I mean, I thought it was common, but a lot of people don't seem to understand what box is. Uh, and yes, for people who may not know, uh, box is vagina. So there you go. So she said she's going to sock her in the box, but for now, uh, chin up, tits out, watch out for the shoe. And then um, shoes do get thrown at Deanna. I believe um, Mariah throws a shoe. Deanna throws shoes back. Uh, There's some back and forth. Eventually, Tony makes her way to the ramp on Luther's shoulders. I did enjoy her saying, how dare she? Very fun. Um, So, yeah, I mean, long. uh, It looks like uh, Deanna wants Tony Storm. We've also got Mariah May still in the mix. Um, I would assume that Deanna's got to go through Mariah before she gets to Tony, but I don't know. First of all, what'd you think of the match and everything that happened after the match in the butt box controversy? I, I, so the, the box con to me, it was hilarious. Um, the, the match was great. I, 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 Tony Storm so understands her character right now that it, it's amazing. Her what she was doing to uh, Ian Riccaboni during the whole thing was uh, just perfect. You know, she's like petting his head and she's feeding him and the feet thing. She made him so uncomfortable. I was dying. Um, the match is really good. I'm glad they're giving Diana a chance to show how good she is in the ring because she is that good. I was like that they put her right into a main event picture um, because she should be. That's the level she's at. She's not, you know, she's not someone who has to build herself up. She's there. When you signed her, she should have been that big of a deal. So I'm very glad they're doing that. Um, the after was hilarious because they had the shoe fight and I couldn't stop laughing at the shoe fight. Just, you know, she threw two shoes and then two shoes get in them. Ryan Mays running around the ring, trying to get, get away from the shoe. I, I, and then Luther taking her on the shoulders. Like the whole thing was just perfect. That this is a really well done feud. I think Deanna 
is getting a little comfortable on the AEW, AEW microphone still. That's not a knock. I think she's going up to a bigger crowd. It takes a second to, to feel that energy. But mm-hmm. she, I think she's going to, I think these first two matches show she's going to shine. I, I think with Anna Jay, they need to, they need to find something for her now. She seems to be a little bit out in the, um, uh, without something, everything, you know, every, everything that fell apart with the, the Jericho Appreciation Society, she seems to be the one without a story. She's kind of gone face now. They shook hands. They got along. I'm fine with her going face. They just need to find her like a, a character and a story. But the match itself was great, and Deanna's going to just nail it. I can't wait for that. But you have six weeks to build of more of this just insanity. I love it. Yeah, and it and again, it doesn't automatically mean Deanna's going to get Tony. Like something else can happen in the middle with Mariah. So it's weird, but it it does. I see first lieutenant in the chat saying, uh, where'd it go? Damn it. My mouse is jumping all over. Uh, women's tag belts do it. Like they are, you know, sort of like, um, they are sort of, uh, you know, sort of going that way, it seems like, but they just won't pull the trigger. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm with you, Ryan. The next, I don't know, six weeks of, uh, of build to whatever happens is, um, is going to be amazing. Uh, and I look forward to more of this insanity out of Tony Storm. Uh, so, uh, we move on from here. This was one of the unannounced sort of matches earlier in the day on the card. Uh, we got Private Party versus Top Flight. So this was the first time I think that Mark Quinn uh, had been in the ring in like 13 months. Private Party does win by pinfall with uh, the O'Connor roll um, and a hand on the ropes from Quinn on Darius Martin. Um, it was an okay match. I- I'm going to say this long. I know Quinn is just getting back in the ring for the first time in quite a while, but I do recall before, um, before he went out on injury and they were still wrestling. I think even on this show, I sort of said, what happened to Mark Quinn? Like he just doesn't seem to be the same wrestler. He was some time ago. He looks like he's put on some mass. Now, I don't know if it's muscle mass or if it's just weight in general, but he's not the same skinny guy he used to be. Isaiah Cassidy still is, but some of the moves that Quinn was pulling off, I was just like, man, I think you're going to kill top flight. Like the two moves he did to Darius on the outside of the ring, I thought he almost killed Darius at least the first time when Darius hit the announce table. Then when he went outside of the ring on Dante twice, same thing. I thought he really was going to hurt Dante. I just, to me, Quinn doesn't look like the same wrestler he did when they first came in. Um, again, I understand he's coming back after 13 months. There, There's probably a little bit of rust, but he just, for some time to me, hasn't looked the same as he did when they first came in. Do you, you know, I want your thoughts on all this, but I mean... Any thoughts on that? Like, I, I just don't. He he looks like a different wrestler now. So I do think he he has put on weight again. I'm not. That's not a bad thing in wrestling. 
Um, there's a lot of guys who've had to put on weight just to kind of seem like they can compete with the the the, the bigger guys. It, it's kind of a common thing. Um, I think it took him a little bit to get his, you know, get his feet out under him. Uh, he he uh, yeah, he had a, he he moved a little slower at some points, but then I saw him picking up speed. So I feel like that was uh, ring rust coming, uh, you know, wearing off of him, which I really enjoyed. Um, you're right. His, his leaps did look wow, but at the same point, that's the advantage now of being a big guy who can do those leaps. They look that much more uh, painful. Um, I, I really like that. That's when a big guy does them. You're like, holy crap. It, it makes them look more effective. So I wasn't against it. The first one against... I, I don't remember who it was, Darius or Dante. It would look like a weird jump. He like dive, he dove straight at him and kind of hit him weird. But after he did the two flips, I really liked it. The gin and juice finisher is one of the best finishers in the game for a tag team. Yeah. Um, but you're right. He does look a little different. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think his speed picked up as the match went. And I think that comes from being, uh, you know, being part of the, you know, getting his feet back on the air of the ring rust. Hopefully he, he, you know, they can find a rhythm because I think the tag division could really use them, and they're a lot of fun. And I love that I threw them right in, right against Top Flight, because I think people were going to compare them instantly for whatever stupid, you know, two fast young teams are going to get compared. So it was nice, and I love the rope grab at the end because he did get it, and it did help him with a three. So like I was waiting to be like, did he miss it? And on the replay, he didn't. He got it before the three, and it helped him hold it. Mm -hmm. I love that. It's so subtle because it doesn't mean you're a full-blown heel because why shouldn't you try to do that to win? But it does kind of make you look like a jerk, and I loved that. So I, I was I was big in on that. I am interested uh, to see where they go from here, though. Do they make private party heel, or are they going to be a tweener team, or are they going to stay face? Like it's Because the crowd wants to love private party, so I think it's going to be tough to make them full heel. That's just my opinion. No, I, I agree with you there. I think the, the crowd clearly likes having private party back. I think they've been missed. and But there's nothing you can do about it when somebody's been out for over a year. You know, like, you just, how are you going to keep private party going as a single? You, you kind of can't. Um... So yeah, I don't know if they're going to turn him heel. It's just, you know, I let's put it this way, Ryan. I'm not writing private party off. Um, I just hope that as we see more of them, as we see Mark Quinn getting back into the ring and, you know, uh, used to wrestling, you know, more post-injury, that we see him sort of get back to normal. I, I agree with you. He did pick up as as the match went along. Used to seeing him as a different type of of wrestler, different body build. You know what I mean? And and I'm with you too. Like guys have to put on on mass. You know, sometimes we've seen it happen. You know, but um, yeah, I just hope that they stay healthy and maybe we can get them into the picture a little bit more because I think we've always kind of said like we would like to see Private Party have some sort of run. You know, we never saw any type of run out of. Uh, out of the dark order where we thought maybe they should have had a run. Uh, so hopefully maybe gets a. Yep. We do get a video package for the tag team 
b- for the tag team of Darby and Sting and their title match against Big Bill and Ricky Stark. So, Ryan, can you just fill me in? Was that something that came out of Collision? Say, so you cut out a little bit on me. Say it again. Sorry, I was going to say they had this video package with Sting and Darby sort of hyping up a title match against Big Bill and Ricky Starks. Was that something that came out of Collision? No. So that's where I'm a little confused and I'm glad. Okay. So, so I do want to talk about this because they played this video package and earlier in the night we had, we had the bucks talking about the last match. Um, talking about their last match, uh, with sting and Darby. And now we have video package and Darby's talking about the way the story ends with them as tag team champions. And they're sort of talking about Big Bill and Ricky. So it almost, like, I was like, wait a minute. What, what, are, you know what I mean? Like, I was sort of like, so is there, is there going to be a tag team title match before the match at Revolution? And then maybe that'll be a tag team title match. Like, I just, it was confusing to me. I didn't hear anything about a title match. So now that I know it didn't come out of collision, I, I'm still confused. Are, are, were you confused by this? I was, I'm literally, um looking up uh to make sure I admit like I'm not like I need to say it's something that the memory of a goldfish. I'm just making sure I'm not forgetting anything, but as far as I know, nothing nothing came out of this. Like they um just going quickly sorry I just want to make sure I'm not no like you had that the um you had the, the 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 street fight between right uh sex gods and bill starks and there wasn't as far as i know any like no I, and i guess the shock is why i feel like i should i must be missing something because unless, like unless he did something on social that we missed but but i honestly very confused by this because they had a whole segment with the bucks talking about they had a whole segment with the bucks talking about how they're going to have the final match. And then you had this video with sting and Darby talking about becoming the tag team champions. And I know that there was interference in that match from Hobbs and Takeshita because of the Jericho interview that happened yeah, earlier. That, Hobbs and Takeshita aren't sting and Darby. Right. That's why I just don't understand what the fuck this was about. I mean, I get having this tag match, but you know Sting's going to lose, so you're going to have him lose before, or th- or they win these tag titles and then they lose to the Bucks at Revolution to give up the titles. But like, it's it's all fucking weird. <laughs> no, I will say this: I don't know how everyone's going to feel about this. Hot take, and people. people I wish want I had this. I wish I had a siren sound effect, like strap in, you know, like warning, hot take coming. People will hate what it does to Ricky Stark. So bear in mind, this isn't the best outcome from Ricky Starks, but it's recoverable. So you have Sting and Darby beat Big Bill and Ricky, and you have the Jacks, you have the Young Bucks come out as EVPs and say, as EVPs, they're making a match for themselves at Revolution against Sting and Darby. And like you said, you're right, but they do it. But they're making the match at Revolution title. Not just that they're having that shit. They're making the match at Revolution title, and they're going to add in some other stipulation to favor them. 
and so they come off as even bigger heels. Well, they did say <clears throat> they did say they're gonna pull strings to get this match made. So they I mean, but they're EVPs, they can sort of do whatever they want. I mean it just seemed like a very weird video package to show after all of the talk earlier. I agree, but it is a way to go and have Jackson say, you know, we are EVPs. We can make this a title match if we want. We don't even have to ask Tony. We're making this a title match. We've decided. And oh, by the way, it's going to be something or other that favors them. I don't know what it would be that would favor them, but like you could, and, and I would make it a street fight or something, something that protects Sting. I know that seems weird that a street fight protects him, but I mean, like in terms of lets him go out on like an epic match, but that would just be like a way to make them even more hated as heels. I mean, they're definitely going to do something crazy for Sting's last match. Like that's not even a question. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll see, we'll see what they do. I'm glad that you cleared some of that shit up for me because I was very confused by this video. So this is all to go back and be like, did I miss something? Cause I didn't remember. Yeah. I, I thought honestly that I missed something or that I didn't get the full story. Like I know some of the results from what happened on collision, but I didn't see it. So, well, we'll see. Um, there's a lot of ways this can go now. Apparently if we're going to get a title match between sting and Darby versus Hobbs and Starks or Hobbs and Starks, big bill and Starks. So we'll see. But, uh, Schlong, you know where that puts us main event time in the evening. It is Hook versus Samoa Joe for the AEW World Championship. It's a commercial-free bout, so it was the last, you know, 20 minutes of television. Um, and uh, this is a match that everybody said Hook stands no chance. Now, we all know now that Samoa Joe did win. Uh, it was referee stoppage again, Coquina Clutch. So uh, Bryce Remsburg dropped the arm once, twice, three times it's over. So Joe retains, which I thought was fun, Ryan, because it's the same way that MJF lost that belt, right? So he's not getting people to tap. He's getting them to pass out and, and the referees dropping the arm. Very old school. So I, I love it. But the interest dropped the mat. And then it battles back. Um, you know, hook hook kicks out of, of a muscle buster. Um, throwing everything he can at Samoa Joe. Um, he hits a Northern Lights soup on Joe. Like that's crazy. Um, but he loses. And then after the match, um, you know, Samoa Joe's sort of standing there. He's on his way out of the ring uh and then uh hook sort of goats him back in the ring to say like is that it that's all you got and joe comes back in to give him muscle buster so joe goes to leave again and hook gets up and sort of goading him back in the ring joe comes another one but hangman adam page makes a save and then we also see in the crowd Shane Swerve Strickland for sort of a three-way stare down. Swerve and Joe 
both leave, but Hangman is sticking around to check on Hook. He helps him to his feet so he can leave. Um, Hook doesn't want his arm raised by Hangman, but he sort of uh, is able to, you know, walk out on his own and sort of like waves like, yep, we're good. And um, that's it. So a little bit of defiance from Hook on the way out. I also enjoyed during this match long that Taz was showing concern clearly as Hook's father. And at the end, too, post-match, he's saying, don't do it. Don't do it, Hook. Don't do that. So, uh, Schlong, what do you think of the whole of the whole ordeal? So, I re- we're going to start with the ending first, because I really thought they were going to do the one, two, three with the hands, and the third one, he was going to do the like the old school wrestler where he fights out of it. I hate to call it the Hogan, but that's who you most associate with it. But yep. like, yep. only because he kept picking out of everything. So I'm like, are they going to even give him the, not the, not be choked out? I was going to laugh my, I wouldn't have even been mad. It wouldn't have made sense, but I wouldn't have been mad. Um, fuck off, Kate. I see in the chat. Um, so for those listening, she's making fun of my accent again. How rude not even on the show um it's true this was this was a great match for for hook i mean it was a great match for smojo too but he's established he doesn't need the match hook got in offense he looked good with his offense but he also proved he can take a beating him and sell as a believable baby face in peril and a lot of i think a lot of people questioned whether that was ever going to be part of his his thing because up until now he'd always kind of been the dominant position and people were wondering, well, what's it look like when he's on the other end? Will he do a believable? And he looked, he, he really got you to feel for him. That fucking suplex onto the goddamn table. Holy crap. Schlong, there were, if I can interject, there were a few moments I thought hook was dead. Um, or, and it, it sort of stemmed uh, from the start. Like there was that spot where hook was being thrown into the, uh, barricade and he hopped up on top and he came back to give sort of like a flying Superman punch to Joe. And part of me schlong felt like he actually punched Joe in the face. Um, maybe by mistake. And then when Joe hit him with that lariat or that, that shoulder right to his fucking face, I was just like, Oh God. And then, yeah, from there it escalated quickly that suplex or whatever that was on the table was rough uh and then he took it off the apron too that was that was tough yeah that the, like i said the one he did it on the table and then right up into the apron i'm like jesus christ and for, i don't care that it, it's wrestling and you know your 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 dad is you know your dad was a wrestler so he's in on it it's still right in front of him like that was a rough bump right in front of him and you're right, Taz did a great job of selling the whole, like, he, he stopped talking, which I thought was actually the best thing you could do. Except for the, the like you said, the, the, the almost quiet, don't do it, don't do it. Like, those were, re- that was really good selling by, by Taz to, like, go quiet. Joe looks like such a jerk. Um, and I love it, like, when he coming back in the ring to just punish him more, it just oh, this this is what you need from everyone in this. And then the, I give him credit. You know what's nice is 
They, they let Hook look tough by continuing to get up, but they don't make him look better than Joe. Like he's beat down. He is done. But he does keep getting up. And I, and I think that's a great trait for him to have. I like that Hangman made the save because it makes sense. I mean, the, the whole thing. I like that there's multiple people in, in the main title picture, and they all make sense. Like, the whole thing works for me. And that doesn't even take into the account Wardlow who could come around when they decide to actually let him start wrestling. So we're in a really good spot, but this match was perfect. This was the match of Hook. No one, you know, the story was Hook always talked about how tough he is and he could do it. And you don't believe him. And he goes in the ring and he actually takes it to Joe at points. And Joe ate some real serious moves. And he took so much punishment that even Joe was in shock at points of being like, how is he still kicking out? He kicked out at one. On the muscle buster, yeah. like he, he he's like, how is he still getting up? I love it. It was such a good. And then not only did he kick out a one, he kicked out a one, and that's when he delivered some of his offense. So this this was perfect. Like I said, this was a great main event. This is the kind of stuff that everyone involved played their role perfectly. Because even Hangman's thing wasn't so much like, I love you, um, Hook. It was more like, screw you, Joe. Right. Which is perfect. So, like I said, I loved all of this. Right, yeah. It, <clears throat> I agree with you there. It was more of stopping Joe when you knew Joe was going to sort of take pleasure out of it, you know? Um. So, yeah, I mean, listen, I'm with you. I like all of this. The picture isn't necessarily clear yet on what we're going to get for Revolution, but I don't mind it because they're building a lot of intrigue. And this is sort of <clears throat> what I love about this, too, is that before MJF lost the belt and is now taking his time off or contemplating free agency, whatever you want to believe. Um, there were a lot of people sort of, you know, throwing their, you know, throwing their hats in, in the ring, no pun intended. Uh, and now we're still getting that with Joe. Uh, so I, I really like this. Um, so yeah, I mean that, that was the show, Ryan. And I thought it was a fun episode. Uh, sort of for a random sort of championship Wednesday in South Carolina. More more belts changed hand than I than battle of the belts. It's very true, very very true. And also Schlong, if I may, I think I'm going to start to do this. Uh, I'm going to unofficially say I'm going to start to do this as a weekly, uh, as a weekly thing. My favorite sign of the night tonight. I came. I scissored. I came again. Yep. And that, I loved that sign. I uh I have a sign that I definitely want to bring next time, and it's not a mark order podcast sign. But I'm not gonna say it here, Ryan. I'll tell you afterwards what it is, but it is definitely a throwback to old Monday Night Raw. It's like old signs. An old sign that I think people would get. But if you weren't watching Raw at the time, you might not get it. So, um, so Schlong, that's that's dynamite. Let's touch on a few things that um uh that happened this week uh in the world of uh AEW. Uh so it did come out, uh, and we saw it tonight in the um in the uh Ring of Honor, um in the Ring of Honor uh six man uh tag match um brian cage uh is apparently working injured here um 
uh, on uh, on the 11th, uh, he had said that uh, the night before um, he uh, he, quote, got my shit in, did my version of OC in the pocket or the Al Bundy suplex and did it all with a torn lat. Who's a machine? This guy. <clears throat> Excuse me. So apparently um, apparently he's got a torn lat and it occurred. Uh, on last week or, or on G- January 3rd's dynamite during a spot uh, with Trent Beretta. So uh, Brian cage working through what I could only imagine is a painful fucking injury for a wrestler, especially somebody of his size uh, who's so physical. So that is why we saw Brian cage taped up all the way on uh, that one side torn lat. Ow. Ow. Yeah. You can go back and find the picture. It is totally black and blue. Um, we also found out this past week that um, Black Taurus uh, is now uh, a free agent. Uh, so we had seen him uh, on Ring of Honor uh, fight against Commander. Or not Commander, I'm sorry. El Viking uh, Vikingo. Uh, so uh, it looks like he's now... Um, He's now a free agent. Don't know where he's going to go, but I also saw that he's not going to use Black Taurus um, anymore. He's going to move on from that. Uh, I hope that he keeps the mask because that is crazy looking. But yeah, yeah, it's fucking awesome. Uh, So he did put it out. uh, Just thank AAA. Um, and from now on, I will be an independent agent. Black Taurus continues his career in the USA and Mexico as a free agent. Why not maybe see CMLL? So who knows? Maybe we'll get to see some more Black Taurus or whatever name he'll go by uh, moving forward. Yeah, I mean, he's 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 got a lot of skill. Like I said, the mask is fun. He's got a whole fun gimmick, so. Yeah. Let's uh, see what happens with him. Yeah, the mask is crazy. Like, I can't believe he actually wrestles in that thing. It's wild. Uh, we also, Schlong saw last week was the homecoming episode of Dynamite from Jacksonville. <clears throat> they used it as um, sort of like a, a another memorial show for Brody Lee because it was also the anniversary of his passing. Um, this is just uh, I, I don't really have anything to say. I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to read any of the transcripts, but uh, there were videos that AEW put out uh, from Anna J and both both Anna J and Preston Vance where they sort of reflected on um, honoring uh, Brody Lee during that show. So those are out there. I watched uh, the Anna J one. I didn't get to see the um, the Preston Vance one, but um, but um, you know, they uh, clearly they were very close with him uh, as part of the Dark Order, uh, and they had uh, some good matches. They both came out with the wins last week in in honor of uh, Brody Lee. So those videos are out there, um, and uh, you can check them out. But uh, they're you know they're uh, they're nice videos. Schlong, let me ask you this. Uh, If Sting's last match wasn't called by Jim Ross, would you be upset? No, I want it to be called by Tony Schiavone. Well, I hope it's Schiavone. But there are people out there who are saying, uh, and Jim Ross uh, also would like to call Sting's last match, but apparently um, his deal is expiring on February 14th. So... Um, he, uh, he would need a new deal, uh, apparently, 
um, to call that match. Uh, he, uh, he seems optimistic that they're going to agree to terms that's going to allow him to end his career in AEW. Um, and that would include obviously calling the main event, uh, at revolution. Uh, he had said on, uh, grilling JR, uh, I mentioned that to Tony, uh, last night he agreed. It's only right. It makes sense. How can I say this without sounding like a turd? I think there's money in Shivani and I working together, not just in Greensboro, but going forward sporadically. And we have a great chemistry. We've never lost that. If he and I are doing the match with Sting and company, I believe it's the right thing to do. I need to get, uh, I need to get signed up so I can be there. Um, so, um, so there you go. So who knows? JR deal expiring. We'll see if, uh, maybe they can work something out and he'll call Sting's last match and wrap things up. Uh, when he's ready in AEW. So Schlong, the reason we were, uh, well, the reason that I texted Joe Saturday night, uh, was the, I, I did want to tell him how sorry I was. He couldn't be at battle in the Valley, uh, because the big news from battle in the Valley, while it was a great card and everybody said the show was amazing. I didn't see it. Uh, but I did read, read about it. Um, the big news of the night, was that Jack Perry showed up uh, at that show. Uh, so um, Jack Perry jumped the rail wearing a mask to take out uh, Shota uh, Umino. Uh, and then um, he obviously uh, took off his mask in full beard. Um, he uh, pulled out a piece of paper. It looked like it was his AEW contract and he tore it up which got a huge reaction from the crowd and the commentators. Uh, so he uh, closed out on the angle by putting one, uh, putting an armband uh, that said the word scapegoat on. So Schlong, we were sort of talking about the possibility of Jack Perry um, maybe being the one to break the spell between kill switch, AKA Luchasaurus and Christian cage, but they're clearly going in a different direction. Now, AEW does work close, closely with New Japan, uh, so maybe this is um, this is an angle so that he can sort of make a big return to AEW, having shown up in New Japan and sort of won the news cycle for that night. Um, but uh, who knows? I mean, Shlong, I don't know. Did you see the show live? I saw the clips after the fact. I was watching a lot. I missed that part live because that overlapped with the collision, but I did see the rest of it live. But show was amazing. But the only part really relevant to AEW is Jack Perry. I mean, I know there was AEW guys on the card, but none of their stuff was really relevant. Yep. The only real, um, it's very clearly an angle. He tore up his, a quote unquote his AEW contract I mean, on it camera. Looked, it looked official. It had their logo on the paper. Oh, I know. With the AEW logo pointing right at camera with new Japan's Twitter account tweeting out about with tagging AEW that mm-hmm. he tore up that the, like, I actually think this is really smart. Let him build a character up away from AEW for a little bit where there's going to just be unnecessary. heat and, uh, you know, trash and let him get over that way. And it'll be, it'll be just much better for him. Like he was going to have a lot of heat on him for, for stupid reasons when he came back. 
and it was going to be tough to build something up. This way, if he builds it up in, in New Japan, when he comes back, he's coming back as an established character. Maybe an established character that everyone's dying to see. Like, he has a real chance of coming back heavily wanted. Yeah. No, 100%. I mean, I think that this was uh, this was a good thing to do because, I mean, I think everybody's sort of been wondering, like, when are we going to have Jack Perry sort of pop back up? Um, and I did, but just in New Japan. So um, it's it, it's interesting. I'm interested to see where this goes. If he's going to spend some time working in New Japan, you know, let it happen. Um, it'll be fun. And uh, then eventually he can make his way back to AEW television. Or, you know, like we said, a bunch of AEW talent works New Japan. So have him sort of build some stuff up there. And then eventually he can come back to AEW television. You know, we'll see what happens. But it's uh, it's fun. It's fun. And I think we can all just agree we are happy that he didn't wind up being the devil. Yeah, absolutely. The way it played out was much better. Totally. Long. The other thing is last week, Joe and I were talking because it just, you know, it was something that happened in the AEW world was that, um, uh, you know, Warner had put out a release uh, about sort of their, their programming last year. Part of that release was, um, you know, noting that uh, AEW programming performed well for them alongside other sports like the NBA and, and, you know, I don't know if it was baseball or hockey or whatever, right? Um, but the reason I bring this up is twofold. One, uh, they clearly must have been happy about it because they did put out a press release um, specifically about all elite wrestling programming delivering for a TBS and TNT last year. So it was all just completely specific to AEW on TBS and TNT. But Shlong, the other reason I bring this up is because Remember a while ago, there were all those rumors about the possibility of Warner Brothers, you know, going in on Monday Night Raw. And then everything died down to say, nah, that's not possible. Those rumors apparently are picking back up, and it looks like there may be actual steam behind it. Now, I think, of course, it all depends on um, the NBA on TNT, right? Like, that's the big contract I think they want to sign. If you can't sign that, you need to go elsewhere. But there are a few people out there in the media world who are forecasting that it's a real possibility that they could get Monday Night Raw rights and also keep AEW TV rights. But I don't know how that's going to work. You've also got big little brawlers. We'll see. I th I think people, I I mean, maybe they end up on Warner. I I. I... I'm not one of those who thinks that's I think people I don't think people know the answer and I think they like to stir the pot is my opinion and and that doesn't mean that they won't end up on Warner again it could very easily be the case but it just feels like a lot of people like to pretend they know what's going on to me the interesting thing though is that the rumors I had been seeing over this past week were not from specific wrestling outlets they were like, you know, regular TV media, you know, forecasters saying that it's a possibility. Well, this, it's of course it's a possibility. I mean, everyone's a possibility, but I just don't. I just, like I said, 
I don't I don't think it's beyond what we've already heard. What I think is crazy is that the other talks, and I know this is an AEW show, but the other talks were that like the Monday Night Raw writes the possibility was that um was that uh Amazon actually gets the rights for uh Monday Night Raw and they put it on Prime. Could you imagine that happening? It's under a paywall. I mean, I know the way things are going now. It just seems wild. But I also thought it was wild that they put a playoff football game behind a paywall. So. It's wild. Anyway, let's move on. We also talked last week about CJ Perry and her finger. Well, she did on the 14th. Yeah, on the 14th, she gave a further update uh, on her finger. Uh, and Schlong, it is disgusting. She said, I had a relapse with my MERS infection because the antibiotics stopped working. I had to be rushed to the hospital. The surgeon basically dug scabs and flesh and pus and skin and everything out the last couple of days to the point that the doctor's like, I need blood. So I knew that I needed to do what needed to, uh, what we needed to do. So she put an IV in my hand with a really long needle. She said it was going to feel like fire and literally fire felt stinging sensation go up my arm. Uh, it lasted for about five minutes and then it went numb. So that's good news. She said it was good news that uh, it was that. And then she dug more and she started to see blood. She said, we're heading in the right direction. So every single day for the next week, I have to clean out the dressing. I have to clean out the scab. Well, I don't have to clean out the scab. I have to put the, uh, put the dressing in. And then almost every day I'm going to back to the surgeon for them to evaluate it. I'm taking the antibiotics. So uh seems like things are working again, Schlong, but what a crazy fucking story for CJ Perry. She had essentially more surgery on that finger, and then they had to dig all this other garbage out of it, and she had to get more IV and more antibiotics. All from Splinter. Mercer's a hell of a fucking infection. Yeah, yeah, MRSA is. Um, but uh uh, those pictures, um, those pictures uh, of her finger are crazy, crazy. Um, Schlong New Japan is continuing uh, to book some huge matches uh, for their upcoming Chicago show. Uh, they did a book, um, a junior heavyweight dream match for Windy City Riot in Chicago on April 12th. Um, it's um, uh, Mustafa Ali uh, is in that match. Um, and then uh, they also put John Moxley uh, and uh, Naito for that same event for April City or April 12th, Windy City Riot, Wintrust Arena, Chicago. Uh, those are the only two official matches right now. And I think, I think, I saw that that event is already sold out. Um, so um, just wild uh, that those two matches potentially have already sold that event out. Mustafa Ali just setting the world on fire. Last sure thing I have, here, last thing I have here for Ishlong, 
Joe and I talked about it last week. Um, uh, Shlong, did you see Kurt Angle uh, help out um, Stokely Hathaway with a video uh, getting Chris Statlander to, uh, to work with Stoke or give him a shot? Yeah, it was amazing. It was so funny. Well, um, this week, um, Chris Statlander had a match. I think it was on Rampage. Uh, and um, her and Willow Nightingale, or, or no, I'm sorry. It was Wednesday night. What am I talking about? Wednesday night, uh, they had the match. It was an eight-woman tag match. Uh, and her and Willow came out. And then, you know, there was somebody with a sign that said, let Stoke manage you, Stat. And she pulled the sign down, and it was Stokely there. Funny thing is Stoke put that picture up and said, my cousin Leon just made his dynamite debut. So Stokely saying that wasn't him. It was his cousin Leon, but more so schlong. I have to ask if you saw the newest video put out on social on the 16th by Stokely Hathaway, somebody else who is pushing for Willa, uh, Chris Statlander to give Stoke a chance. Did you see this? Hold on. Uh, I think I did, but let me just, is it the one with the, that, a very noted liar? That's true. I was just going to give it to you, Ryan. Uh, on the 16th, he put out a video uh, and it is expelled politician, George Santos, giving his thoughts on the issue. Uh, for those who maybe don't know, or don't follow politics, that's quite all right. George Santos is a discredited former congressman from New York uh, who lied about, oh, I don't know, just about everything uh, leading to him getting elected and then was basically kicked out. Uh, so anyway, George Santos in the video said, hello, it's the diva you've all been waiting to hear from, George Santos. Yes, 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 whatever. Listen, has Stokely made a lot of mistakes? I've honestly lost count. Has he pissed people off? He's drowning in the urine. He's like a little Suge Knight without the fear or intimidation. Just give him a chance. Like, seriously, what do you have to lose? Would I lie to you? If there's anyone, seriously, anyone you can trust, it's me. So go out there on Dynamite, get him a little booster seat, and get to work. Toodles. Also, real quick before I go, is it me or does Eddie Kingston look like Fat Joe? Hmm. Bye. So there you go, Schlong. Uh, George Santos, apparently not a fan of Eddie Kingston and a fan of Stokely Hathaway, thinking that Chris Statlander should just give him a chance. Man, I represented our country. Who else would you trust but George Santos? Uh, if you're looking for it, it's on Big Stokes uh, Twitter, uh, Sto at Stokely Hathaway. You can see it. It's very funny. Um, Jesse Ozog is asking, was it a cameo? Of course not. Come on. Come very on. personal. That's a personal video, Jesse. You know that. And Schlong, you know what I know? We've hit the end of the road. That's the end of okay. this episode. So we're going to wrap it up here. So Schlong, why don't you tell the people where they can find you and what you got going on? You can find me here every Wednesday at 1015. And then you can find me here every Saturday at 750, except for the random one I might miss. 
talking all things all elite or colliding casting. Uh, follow me on all our socials at Mark Order Pod, and then follow my history blog hereforhistory.com and on Twitter at underscore hereforhistory. Check it out. Um, check out the blog. Ryan works really hard on it. I don't know why the camera is now panning all the way up, but Ryan works very. Ryan, you work very hard. On, just stop, Ryan. You work very hard on it. Super hard, Ryan. I said hi. Wait, I got something to address here. Okay. Jesse's saying I no sold him in the chat. I actually said hi to Jesse on Saturday. I don't believe it. I'll have to go back yeah, and watch. I, I was because there was no. no one else to play off of. Well, Ryan, I I was looking at something on my screen. You did plug your Saturday show, right? Yeah, I did plug my Saturday show. Okay, well, I'm going to double plug it. Make sure you tune in to see Ryan and Asian Joe on Saturday night on the Collider cast. It's the third episode this week. I don't know who their guest is going to be. Uh, they like to announce it as it gets closer. So um, so make sure you're tuning into the Collider cast. And you can always make sure that you know when our, our live streams are going are gonna to be coming up because um, it's always up on our YouTube. So if you're not subscribed to our YouTube, head over to YouTube. You can look us up, Mark Order Podcast, and then um, and then sign up, subscribe, get alerts, all that kind of stuff, uh, and make sure you never miss a live broadcast. We've also got all of our episodes uh, on different playlists. Though you could always go back in in uh, the archive to see the different crazy shit we've done uh, on our live stream. Uh, if you're listening in podcast form, we've also added our podcast to Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, CastBox, and then we're on Apple Music, Google Music, all those places, or, or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, et cetera, et cetera. Pretty much anything you can find your uh, podcast. If you're listening in podcast format, we thank you. You should definitely check out the YouTube, but certainly subscribe, like, rate, review on any podcast forum too. Ryan let you know already, but follow us on our socials at Mark Order Pod, X, uh, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Um, keep an eye on all of our socials because uh, we, we've been posting up short videos, clips from the show, Joe, who's not here tonight, happy birthday, belated again, Joe. Uh, Joe does a great job with those videos. They're a lot of fun, so uh, check it out. Uh, but also, if you want to just follow me, I'm at AntMoney on X, at AntMoney247 on Instagram. And then also, if you want to support us by you know spending your hard-earned dollars, but looking good while doing it, head on over to our Pro Wrestling Tea store. Uh, you can get the link in our link tree on any of our social platforms. Uh, or go to prowrestlingtees.com slash markorderpod, or search for the Mark Order Podcast on uh, Pro Wrestling Tees. You'll find our four t-shirts in the store, uh, two front prints, two double-sided prints. Money you spend there does come back to help us produce this show. Believe it or not, we do uh, have to pay for a few things to put this show on. So we thank anybody who's already bought a shirt and is repping us. We see you out there, one LT photo. And uh, every, everybody else who's uh, going to purchase a shirt in the future. So, Schlong, uh, thank you for a fun night. Always fun doing a two live crew episode. Uh, thank you for your service. I want to thank everybody who watched along in the chat tonight. Of course, Jesse Ozog, uh, First Lieutenant Photo. Uh, I saw Sloan of my thing in. Um, scrolling, scroll, scrolling. Uh, scrolling Boris, uh, Big G, 
Meet Normus was in here for a while. Um, SJ was in here earlier on. Big G, I think I said you, but if not, glad I got you in. Thank you, guys. We we love when you chat along with us. Pedro, thank you. Just checking in here late, but thank you for letting us know uh, you enjoyed the show. Uh, so we will see you back here next week. We hope to see you. Or Ryan and Asian Joe hope to see you Saturday night for the live Collider Cast watch along episode three. Uh, so tune in and we will see you here next week on Wednesday night following dynamite here on the Mark Order podcast. the Mark Order Podcast. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Join the Mark Order.